On today's episode, I will get into the latest rumors surrounding several Blackhawks prospects and their roster for next season, and I'll also go over Tyler Johnson's season recap segment. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Wednesday, April 25th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you could also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, just a reminder that you can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure to do so so that you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day. And it only takes two seconds to go and show some support, folks. I greatly appreciate it. It really helps out more than all of you know. So please go do all the things that help grow the show. Smash the like button, comment down below. Make sure to be downloading those episodes if you're listening to the audio version. I greatly appreciate all of your support. I also want to let you all know that today's episode is sponsored by Game Time. Make sure to go and download the Game Time app to get the cheapest tickets for all sports, music, and theater events near you. All right, good morning, everyone. As always, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off your day. Kicking off the show here this morning, folks, recently we've seen Scott Powers of The Athletic, one of the best in the business in my personal experience. I always love his coverage of the Chicago Blackhawks. Does a phenomenal job for The Athletic. And recently in the past few days, he's put out a pair of interesting columns, one talking about some of the latest rumors and whispers that he's hearing regarding the Chicago Blackhawks pending unrestricted and restricted free agents as we start to get into the offseason a little bit here. And then he also came out with a column this morning talking about, well, first, talking about why the Blackhawks could be in the conversation for the number one overall pick again next year, which I know for a lot of you listeners out there isn't the most exciting news to hear. Um, It was pretty tough to watch the Blackhawks throughout the entirety of this year, knowing they were, you know, at least at the front office level, actively trying their best to be losing games. Uh, As I mentioned several times on the show, the players and the coaching staff do not tank, but uh, at the end of the day, you could clearly tell what the Blackhawks were trying to do based on their roster moves last off season and at the trade deadline, what the lineup looked like down the stretch for those final 15, 20 games. So another season of that, I would certainly understand why, Uh, A lot of you Blackhawks fans out there would not be thrilled about it. It certainly isn't the most intriguing thing to me either. Um, But the upside of that article that Scott Powers was talking about is how six of the seven top prospects, according to Powers, are expected to be in the NHL next season. So there are good things coming that go along with, you know, unfortunately, Uh, finishing at the bottom of the standings. It looks like the Blackhawks are just going to have a pretty young roster and an experienced one at that once again next season. Um, But I will get into more on those prospects coming up in segment two after the commercial break. So make sure to stick around for that because you're surely going to want to hear about uh, a lot of the 
um, upcoming faces for the Blackhawks that are expected to be making the jump up next season. But first, I want to talk about Scott Powers' article that he produced last week where he touched on what he's hearing regarding, you know, all of the Blackhawks unrestricted and restricted free agents at this point. And while we don't expect this to be an active offseason for the Blackhawks in terms of the players they're, they're going to go out and get, it sounds very likely um, from what we heard from general manager Kyle Davidson at the end of the season that the Blackhawks are going to be doing similar things to what we saw them do last season. Maybe a couple of veteran additions, cheap contracts. Davidson doesn't want to be giving out anything with term right now. So I would expect the Blackhawks to be making similar moves as to like the Andreas Athanasiu and Max Domi contracts. I think those are the only types of moves we're going to see the Blackhawks making. So while they might not be that active out on the free agent market, they still do have a lot of crucial decisions to make in-house regarding these uh, RFAs and UFAs. Getting into the unrestricted free agents first, uh, the first guy I'm going to talk about, Andreas Athanasiu, who uh, actually opened things up for my season recap segment here on Lockdown Blackhawks just a few days ago. If you're not all caught up on the season recap segments, I'm only two in at this point. I've only gone over um, Connor Murphy and Andreas Athanasiu. So if you want to get all caught up on that before I get into Tyler Johnson's season recap here on the show today for segment three, make sure to go and click on the YouTube channel, watch those videos real quick. You can go and look in the description. I have everything time coded. So you can quickly skip to the part of the video where you want to watch. And while you're there, make sure to hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. Cause as I mentioned in the intro, really trying to grow the show and it really does help me out tremendously. But anyways, back to Athens to see you. Uh, Scott Powers put him in the column of possibility to resign, right? And I think, you know, that's not really making a stand one way or the other. It's kind of clear that it's up in the air for Andreas Athanasiu at this point. But I'll tell you what, Blackhawks fans, I was having this conversation with one of my buddies last night, actually. I'd be willing to put money down that the Blackhawks will bring back one of Andreas Athanasiu or Max Domi. One of those two guys, and look, maybe even both. The Blackhawks are going to have the financial means to do so, but I fully expect one of those two to come back. For Athanasiu, I know it wasn't the first half that anyone wanted him to have, including himself, I'm sure, and that's what led to him not getting dealt by the Blackhawks at the deadline, but he did finish the season on a real high note. As I referenced, he had 20 points in the final 24 games of the season, even got slotted down the middle and was handling it pretty well. He established some chemistry with Lucas Reichel. So I don't think it would be the craziest thing in the world to see Andreas Athanasiu come back or Max Domi for that matter. Um, but I did think it was interesting that Powers reported something along the lines of maybe a two-year, $5 million contract for Andreas Athanasiu. Look, based on what they gave Jared Tenorti, I mean, he's going to be making $1.25 million this next year. That made it pretty clear that the Blackhawks are going to be okay with sending out some extra money to guys who deserve it in order to bring them back and hit that salary cap floor. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we see $2.5 or $3 million again even out of Andreas Athanasiu if he does re-sign in Chicago. But like I said, one of he or Max Domi I really think is going to be back for next season, Blackhawks fans. The next guy I'm going to get into, Jujar Kara, who is also an unrestricted free agent come July 1st. The problem with Kara, while he did have an absolutely awesome run down on the third line with Boris Kachuk and Joey Anderson at the end of the season, they just outgrinded and outworked everyone. 
Um, and while the Blackhawks still are going to need some veterans around and Carroll be a cheap bottom six ad, the thing for me is just he has not been able to stay healthy and he's dealt with back issues. Obviously, this was a season ago now or well over a season, but dealt with concussion issues from that hit from Jacob Truba. I don't know. I just feel like Carroll hasn't been a guy who can consistently be in the lineup 72 games over the last two years playing not even 40 a season. I don't know. The Blackhawks, they can bring some of these guys back. They have availability to do so, but they're not going to be able to bring everyone back. And I feel like Kara is just one of those guys. Well, yes, he is rumored to be respected in the locker room. I just feel like there, it could be a better guy in that opportunity to me personally. So I wouldn't re-sign Kara if I were the Blackhawks, but um, Scott Powers had him under possibility to re-sign. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, getting into some of the players who Powers did not expect does not expect to be re-signed this offseason as unrestricted free agents. No surprises here, really, folks. Andreas Englund, who was acquired from the Colorado Avalanche in return for Jack Johnson, actually did look decent down the stretch for the Hawks, I thought, but it was always going to be an uphill battle for him to, you know, get himself into the mix with just all the young defensemen the Blackhawks have in the system right now. So no surprise that England is not expected to come back. Anton Kudobin, no surprise there, was just kind of a throw-in from the Dallas Stars in that Max Domi trade. I'm actually surprised that the Blackhawks didn't get more for taking on that bad contract and freeing up some cap space for Dallas. Um, but Kudobin mostly was down in Rockford. He served as the backup for the Blackhawks. Actually started one game, I believe, against the Capitals, and it did not go very well for him. So, yeah, with uh, just the numbers game that the Blackhawks have, don't expect Anton Kudobin to be back next season, obviously. And while Alex Stalock was awesome, he's also an unrestricted free agent this year, and he's kind of in the same boat. It's just simply a numbers game for the Blackhawks right now. If they didn't have Peter Morazic on the books, I think Alex Daylock would be a perfect starter for this team. But uh, it looks like Morazic's going to be the number one for the Blackhawks next season, meaning there's just no room for Alex Daylock to come back. Do not expect him back in Chicago next season, Hawks fans, as sad as it will be to see him go. Uh, and then Buddy Robinson, kind of uh, an interesting depth signing for the Blackhawks, wound up playing a handful of NHL games, scored a big goal, of course, um, against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Only tallied 20 points in uh, 52 games for the Rockford Ice Hogs this year. Was the hero, though, in game two of that playing series to send the Ice Hogs to the uh, Central Division semifinals against the Texas Stars, which kicks off this Friday, by the way. Um, but we'll see if Buddy Robinson wants to be an ad if Rockford has the space to you know, bring him back, but don't see him having an NHL future here in Chicago. One of those guys that look, if we're injured, yeah, we can bring him up and he can eat some minutes on the fourth line, but there's no future there for Buddy Robinson in Chicago. Uh, Jonathan Taves, no surprise. We already know that he's not coming back. And then getting into some of the restricted free agents here, uh, I'd be pretty surprised if the Blackhawks should bring back most of these restricted free agents, I guess is the way I should put it. The first few are fairly obvious. Uh, Philip Kershev, we already heard Kyle Davidson talk at the end of the season about Kershev. Even though the fan base probably doesn't feel the same, Davidson said he was really encouraged by what he saw out of Kershev this season and actually said he had a pretty solid year. Now, a lot of us fans agree that Kershev, while there are flashes and there's times where he looks awesome, they've still been a little few and far between at this point in his career. I will give him the benefit of the doubt because he's only 22, a lot younger than I think people recognize, but it is 
next season's kind of do or die time, I believe, in terms of kind of being more consistent and proving that he can at least be a middle six player at the NHL level. Interesting, though, to hear that Scott Power said he'll probably get a little uptick in his contract. He's currently signed or his current deal that expires on July 1st is for $750,000. I could see Kurashev getting up to around a million or 1.25 on his next deal. Then Arvid Soderbloom is next. The expectation is for him to come back and be the backup at the NHL level next season behind Peter Morazic. That's another part why Alex Stalock is not expected to be coming black, coming back. Excuse me. Uh, Soderbloom has been awesome for the Ice Hogs in the playoffs. Again, did go through some struggles when he was returned there from the NHL level right around uh, New Year's. But since then, he's found his groove and he's been a huge factor for the Ice Hogs and really helped them win both of those playoff games over the Iowa Wild. Expect him to be Peter Morazic's backup going into next season. Now, this is where we kind of get into the interesting ones, right? Because, well, I do think the Blackhawks are going to keep a majority of these guys. They certainly can't keep them all, and it's going to be intriguing to see which ones they do choose to keep. One of those guys I do think is going to be Joey Anderson. He only played in 23 games with the Blackhawks uh, after being acquired from the Maple Leafs as part of that Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty trade. But he was also, you know, a huge factor on that third line with Kachuk and Kara, as I talked about, and really made his presence felt and has some Blackhawks fans thinking he could be another potential Sam Lafferty type player, a bottom six piece that can provide you with a little bit of everything. Now it's going to be a true test next year if he can do it throughout the course of a full season, but a very good start. Uh, for Joey Anderson to his Blackhawks tenure at the end of the season. I do think he'll be coming back. And same with Anders, Bo- Anders Bjork, who the Blackhawks acquired uh, for future considerations, pour one out for our boy Future. Uh, only played in 13 games for the Hawks at the end of the season. Bjork unfortunately missed some time due to injury, but there were some games where he was absolutely dazzling. I think he had a three-point second period forget who it was against, but a couple showings where he looked absolutely awesome. So I really do think he's worth another look uh, in this Blackhawks forward group next season, probably in a third line role, has a $1.8 million qualifying offer, by the way, but it'll probably be the Blackhawks negotiating with him before it reaches that point. Then we get to Caleb Jones, who I think is the biggest on the fence one here of the bunch, because there were times where he looked terrible defensively this year. Then there were also flashes particularly at the end of the season when he was paired with his brother, Seth, where he really stepped up his game, um, plays good transitionally, is good in terms of uh, effective offense, is one of quietly a, a very productive offensive defenseman in terms of the analytics side of things. Now, I'm not a big analytics guy. I don't think that's the end-all, be-all, but it has been curious to see Caleb Jones put up some decent analytics while a lot of the Blackhawks fans just associate him with being bad all the time. And then there's obviously his relationship with Seth, who could be the next captain of the Blackhawks, feels like it would be the right thing to do to bring Caleb back for Seth. But at the same time, the Blackhawks have so many defenseman prospects and they already re-signed Jared Tenorti for next season. So I just don't know where Caleb Jones is going to fit. But out of the group of these defensemen that I'm going to talk about here, I will say I think he's the most likely to come back, especially over Ian Mitchell. Look, I think it's pretty clear Mitchell's time with the Blackhawks. It's it's time for him to have a change of scenery. He was not particularly good at all this season, to be fair. I never thought he got consistent action. It's tough to be in and out of the lineup all the time, and I'm sure his confidence wasn't there. And he even voiced his frustrations this season with being on the bench. I personally would have given him more of an opportunity, but kind of is what it is at this point. 
They could bring him back to be a member of the Rockford Ice Hawks next year, but I don't think that would be doing him any favors. And being the type of GM that Kyle Davidson is, I think he's going to try his best to give Ian Mitchell another opportunity elsewhere, whether that's by not re-signing him this year or by possibly trading him. Uh, Alec Regula is another interesting one who I just recently talked to here on Lockdown Blackhawks. Only played in four NHL games this season after 15 the year prior. Um, battled through some injuries down in Rockford, but has been a top pairing guy with Isaac Phillips for them and has been playing pretty well. But again, it's just kind of a numbers game on D. And I'd like to see Alec Regula come back because I do think he's headed in the right direction. But if the Blackhawks ultimately cut ties. I don't think you can really blame them because they just have so many other guys in the system right now. So we'll see if Regula comes back. But if they're bringing Caleb Jones back, I, I just, don't, just don't see it happening for Regula. Uh, another interesting bottom six piece, Austin Wagner, who the Blackhawks acquired from the Kings for uh, our boy future considerations as well, displayed some nice speed down there on the fourth line late. Um, kind of, you know, getting an opportunity for the first time here in Chicago to be kind of an everyday player. Um, I don't know if that's going to be the case next season if they do bring him back, but because of that speed on the bottom six, Look, I think Austin Wagner is worth a shot. Speed is the name of the game in the NHL right now. He's got that. Let's see if he can figure the rest out. The Blackhawks are certainly in a position to be patient. And then last, but certainly not least, this one was kind of sad to hear. Defenseman Jakob Galvis, who didn't play in an NHL game for the Blackhawks this year, has been down with Rockford. According to Scott Powers, the latest rumors are that Galvis could be returning to Europe after the conclusion of the season. He's kind of just been the odd man out for the Blackhawks, which stinks because when he did get NHL action last year, it wasn't much, but he fit the part. And I've always thought, you know, he's got a lot of pro experience. He plays the right type of game. Just doesn't seem like he's a fit here with the Blackhawks. Interesting, though, that he'll be it sounds like he's heading back to Europe rather than testing the waters elsewhere in the NHL. Maybe he wants to go back home, but. That's the expectation for young defenseman Jakob Galvis, who's still in the midst of the playoff run with the Rockford Ice Hogs at this point. So we'll see what happens there. But it would be sad to see Jakob Galvis leave the organization after some solid years down in Rockford. All right, there's the latest on what we're hearing on the Blackhawks pending, restricted and unrestricted free agents. Coming up in just a moment, I will get into the latest rumors on a handful of Blackhawks prospects. But first, I need to talk to you all about game time, which is the perfect place for last-minute ticket deals. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful, and game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And I personally have been using game time since like, I was back in high school. Probably have bought over 100 tickets, honestly, on the game time app. Well before they were an ad for the show, I was using them, and it's just always been a simple and cheap way for me to purchase my tickets. And I also love how they always send me images of my seats, and they also guarantee event cancellation protection. So make sure to go and download the game time app, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps for $20 off your first purchase. Again, all you got to do is create an account and redeem the code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps for $20 off. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed, game time. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Real quick, before I get into segment two, I do want to let you all know about the awesome stuff that I have planned for Lockdown Blackhawks here in the offseason. I've already gotten into my season recap segments, finishing off today's show. I'll be breaking down Tyler Johnson's season. Uh, I'm also in touch with 
the head of communications for the Rockford Ice Hogs right now, trying to get more Ice Hogs players on the show here throughout their postseason run. Sounds like me and Charlie Romeliotis from NBC Sports Chicago are going to be getting together sometime soon. Always fun chatting with Charlie. And then I'm going to be getting into my NHL draft profiles once the NHL draft lottery takes place. That's just 13 days away by the way, Blackhawks fans. I'll also get into some free agent trackers, see who could potentially fit the Blackhawks' interest this offseason. Then I'll get into my Blackhawks' end-of-season top 10 prospects list coming up here sometime soon. So tons of good stuff coming up on the show in the next handful of weeks. I know it's the offseason and there's not much to be excited about, but we got plenty of good stuff coming ahead on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel to stay on top of all of the latest Blackhawks news and updates. All right, segment two, let's talk for a moment about Scott Powers' other column I wanted to discuss on today's show, which um, regarded a handful of Blackhawks prospects and what we could see them, where we could see them playing as soon as next season. And as I referenced during the intro, some good news of Powers' article that he dropped this morning talking about the Blackhawks potentially finishing uh, in contention for the number one overall pick again next season. The positive spin on that was, yes, six of their seven top prospects, at least according to Powers, my top 10 prospects list may look different than his, but according to Powers, six of the Hawks' top seven prospects are going to be in the NHL next season. And a lot of these guys are are players that um, a few we're already familiar with and a few we've been very hopeful on for the last handful of years now. First off, Lucas Reichel, I don't think any surprise here, right? Looked very sharp in his last NHL stint and really looked like he he got over the hurdle, right? His first few times up, he kind of went through struggles. It wasn't producing points. He didn't look out of place. He just wasn't producing and finding the back of the net. Well, things certainly changed in his most recent stint. He fit the part. Absolutely has to be a full-time NHL or next season. I don't think that's going to surprise anyone. Uh, Another forward who is expected to be up for the Blackhawks is Cole Gutman, who was dynamite in his first NHL stint before. Unfortunately, uh, I want to say he had to undergo shoulder surgery. It wasn't a collarbone. It was shoulder surgery for Gutman that actually ended his season. Um, But yeah, he looked like a, a true playmaker in the middle six. Great speed, good finishing ability, impact player all over the ice. Very stoked about him for next season. Someone who Coming into prospect development camp last year, not a lot of people knew about, but really, really, you know, put his head down and grinded hard there and was outside of Reichel, the most prominent forward of the group. So no surprise to see him have a solid year down in Rockford and then make the most of his first NHL stint up with the Blackhawks. Uh, I already talked about Arvid Soderbloom, who is, there's no way the Blackhawks let him walk. I mean, a very sharp young goaltender prospect that they're excited about. It's going to be the backup for the Blackhawks next season if all goes well. He's another prospect that's going up to the NHL next year. Wyatt Kaiser, from what I've heard, not only from Powers, but from a couple of different Blackhawks beat writers, is the Blackhawks were very thrilled with what they saw out of Wyatt Kaiser. And I, I expected him to actually start next season down in Rockford. It sounds like the Blackhawks are going to want him opening up the year in the NHL level. Now, we'll see how the summer and training camp goes, but if all things go well. Wyatt Kaiser is going to be an NHL or right out of the gate next season, which is a little surprising to me considering how they went about things with Alex Vlasic and Isaac Phillips. Now, Phillips was a fifth-round pick, but Vlasic 
They let ripen down in Rockford for the entirety of the season. Now next season, he's supposed to be coming up and being a full-time NHLer. I thought Kaiser would go that same route, but maybe that's how high the Blackhawks are on him. He did look awesome offensively. I do still think he's got room to grow on the back end in his own zone, but uh, the speed in the transition game is undeniable for Kaiser. Going to be a very big summer for him if he wants to make that full-time jump. Isaac Phillips is another guy who, after watching what he's done in the AHL, just even through two games in the Calder Cup playoffs, yeah, he's been a monster down there, top-pairing guy, a beautiful goal in game two. Isaac Phillips absolutely should be a full-time NHLer next season. The most interesting name of the bunch, Blackhawks fans, that'll get you all very excited, is Powers expects... 2022 seventh overall pick Kevin Korchinski to make the full-time jump to the NHL. And I believe due to his age, Korchinski can only play in the WHL or the NHL next season. He's not eligible to play in the AHL. And quite honestly, after the season he's had on the absolute wagon, that is the Seattle Thunderbirds, I just don't really know what more he'd have to accomplish at that level, quite frankly. And based on how he looked in the preseason, you know, getting close to a year ago. If he's made leaps from that time, I think he has the game to be ready. So I wouldn't be shocked to see Kevin Korchinski make the leap to the NHL next season either. And that would certainly been an intriguing add to uh, the Blackhawks blue line for next year. And then in terms of what we could see out of the Blackhawks prospects also going pro, maybe down in Rockford though, it sounds like 2021 second round pick Colton Dock is going to be ready to make that jump to uh, the professional level. Don't think he's quite ready for uh, the NHL scene. He also battled through a ton of injuries this year just to get back on the ice. But yes, he's a guy that certainly could use a little time in Rockford to round out his game. Ethan Del Mastro is an intriguing one. Fourth round pick for the Hawks in 2021 has been on an awesome ascension ever since. All signs point to him uh, turning professional as well at the conclusion of his season where he's currently playing for the Sarnia Sting in the OHL playoffs. I think Ethan Del Mastro, just because of, you know, Kaiser, Vlasic, Phillips, and probably Korchinski being ahead of him on the depth chart, I think he is more than likely going to be slotted down in Rockford to open up the season if he does go pro. But another big bodied defensive defenseman that the Blackhawks are very excited about. And then also 2022 13th overall pick Frankie Nazar, who unfortunately missed the majority of his freshman season with Michigan. According to Powers, it sounds like he is expected to make the jump to professional hockey after his sophomore season, if all things go as planned there. So a lot to be excited about in terms of Blackhawks prospects coming up either next season or in the next few years or guys going to Rockford. The rebuild is starting slowly but surely, Blackhawks fans. The wheels are starting to turn on this thing, and it's going to be a lot more fun, trust me, when uh, we have more of these intriguing prospects up on the NHL level, and that's going to be a consistent theme that we see throughout this rebuild as year by year goes by. All right, before I wrap up today's show, folks, of course, I still got to get into Tyler Johnson's 2022-2023 season recap segment. And as I've already mentioned, for those of you who missed it, I've already broke down Andreas Athanasiu and Connor Murphy's seasons. You're going to want to hear the grades that I gave each of those two guys. So make sure to go and click on the YouTube channel, watch those videos real quick, and smash that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. I would greatly appreciate all of the support. So, Without further ado, let's get into 32-year-old forward Tyler Johnson's 2022-2023 season recap. And for Johnson, ugh, I mean, 
he's just had such a hard time staying healthy in his first two seasons with the Chicago Blackhawks. Last year, gets hurt early on in the campaign, actually becomes the second player in NHL history after Jack Eichel to get ADR disc replacement surgery in his neck. He makes the full recovery from that, but then has a slew of ankle and foot injuries and just feels like Tyler Johnson has not been able to catch a break and stay on the ice, you know, all that consistently for the Blackhawks. But to his credit, when he was healthy this season, he played in 56 of the 82 games, so a little bit more than half. I thought he was a pretty effective player up inside the top six. Now, the numbers maybe don't jump off the charts or anything, but some of the analytics and the impact and the effectiveness that Tyler Johnson had, and and quite honestly, when looking at these numbers, I felt like he could have been close to a 20 goal scorer this year, even in 56 games. Like he went through a huge snake bitten drought. Some of you may remember where I think he went like 39 shots in a row without scoring a goal. And, you know, not all of them were good looks, but a decent amount of them were like, I think Tyler Johnson could have put up even better numbers and, you know, did a good job being a veteran and handling his own. Um, He's not the most offensively gifted player at this point in his career, probably not a true top six guy on very many NHL rosters, but he handled that opportunity well. And when he was healthy, he he was an effective player for the Blackhawks in my mind. So getting into some of the other numbers on Tyler Johnson in his 56 games played, he tallied 12 goals and 20 assists for 32 points. So decently productive on this Blackhawks team again. Uh, if he played the same amount of games as Andreas Athanasiu or Taylor Radish, probably would have been the leading goal scorer and leading point getter, for that matter, for this Blackhawks squad. Uh, scored four of his 12 goals on the power play, eight even strength goals on the season, 9.6 shooting percentage, which is a little low for Tyler Johnson, which, you know, I'm sure a lot of that came from that 39 or whatever shot. I, I know it was in the 30s at the very least. Um, I'm sure that played a part in his shooting percentage being a little bit down this season. Uh, He did set a high in time on ice, or not a high, but his most since 2017-2018 with the Tampa Bay Lightning by skating and uh, averaging 16 minutes and 34 seconds of ice time in his 56 games for the Hawks this season. He was credited with 49 hits. Maybe the most impressive part to me, Tyler Johnson finished with a 50.6 Corsi four percentage on the Blackhawks this season. Now, listen, I, like I've said before, I'm not a end all be all analytics guy. I do think it's intriguing to take those numbers into consideration to complete the whole picture, not just looking, looking at those solely, but I would say that Corsi percentage fits the eye of my imagination of Tyler Johnson's impact when he was in the Blackhawks lineup this season. I thought he was pretty darn good. And, um, you know, was one of the few guys who, was in the offensive zone at least somewhat consistently when he was out there, right? The Blackhawks as a team were not good analytically, but I think Tyler Johnson's 50.6 Corsi 4 percentage is fitting to what I would have pictured it being in my mind. Uh, He was also on the ice for 45 goals for in 56 games in all situations compared to just 55 against. So for being a guy who was playing a pretty decent role, almost 17 minutes a night, not the worst analytical numbers in the world. So I thought Tyler Johnson, you know, had a really, not a really sharp season, but he was solid. And that's what you can ask for a guy who has dealt with a ton of injuries, uh, ankle, neck. I mean, at this point of his career, you know, all very banged up, but a good veteran guy. The Blackhawks, I know they are 
really focused on what's going on with the future, but I love how they recognize they do still need some veteran leaders around. And Tyler Johnson's a guy who's been there and has done that, you know, and I'm sure he probably doesn't love to be in this situation, but I think he's a good leader for the Blackhawks right now. I thought he had a productive season. Uh, He was a warrior when he was out there for the Blackhawks. So all things considered, I'm going to give Tyler Johnson a flat B for his performance this year. And I think, all you Blackhawks fans out there who at least voted on uh, the polls, which, by the way, I appreciate. We got the, the votes up to 115 votes this time around. If you haven't done so already, make sure to follow at Talking Hockey on Twitter to vote on all my season recap polls. Uh, 55% of the voters on Twitter also agreed that Tyler Johnson deserved to be, and 56% of the Instagram voters voted for a B as well. Make sure to follow at capital L, capital O, Blackhawks on Instagram for lots of great Blackhawks content there as well. So I think, yeah, a B is pretty fitting for what I thought Tyler Johnson had this season. Seems like me and the fans out there are all on the same page. We'll see what Tyler Johnson is able to do next year. Hopefully he'll be able to be in the lineup a little bit more consistently and can put up some pretty good numbers in what I expect to be another middle to top six role for Tyler Johnson again next year. All right. I think that is going to wrap up Tuesday. April 25th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you all again for tuning into the show. And as always, make sure to follow the podcast 100% for free wherever you may listen to your podcast and to go and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day. Once again, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman 2 or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, that's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.